0: The only people who actually enjoy accounting reports are the accountants themselves, you know, whereas the entrepreneurs and the business owners, not necessarily, you know. So if you can have an accountant, you know, if that entrepreneur can have an accountant that can actually put some some context and some narrative behind it, it actually makes it less intimidating. And I think that's also where data visualization comes from as well, um, that uh, a picture is much more palatable than, you know, a 40 line spreadsheet.
1: Hi, and welcome to episode 49 of Be The Drop, a weekly podcast that investigates how to unlock your brand's story to supercharge your business. I'm Amelia Veal, small business owner and storytelling superhero. Here at Narrative Marketing, we absolutely believe in the power of telling stories, not only to learn and connect, but also to build business relationships and drive sales. Today's guest, Chris Hooper, has a real love affair with business. Recognizing accounting as the language of business, he started his own firm six years ago. Then two years ago, a Codex was born. Headquartered in Adelaide, it is now an international company with staff located in four different countries. Describing himself as an entrepreneur first and an accountant second, Chris is a regular go-to for advice on startup business. In fact, I first met him in 2015 as a mentor of the Mega Entrepreneur Programme in which I participated. In today's episode of Be the Drop, Chris talks about the emotional roller coaster of running a business, the value of doing any business rather than waiting for a big idea, and he reveals his top tips for using social media for B2B. This is Chris's version of Be the Drop. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Chris, on the next episode of Be The Drop. It's absolutely a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes. Now, I know that you've got your item of significance, which is going to kickstart the interview, and yep. that's something that connects you with your community. So yep. if you could please share the story behind it.
0: Yeah, sure. So uh, my you know, piece of my significant item is uh, a book called uh, Startup Opportunities. And I think the The book itself isn't necessarily significant, but it's, uh, I suppose, the author who is significant, uh, which is Brad Feld. And I got a signed uh, copy of it, um, actually sent uh, to my office a couple of weeks ago. Um, In terms of the backstory behind that, um, I've been a big reader of pretty much every single one of uh, Brad's books. um, And I think one of the most important ones that I read very early on was called Startup Communities. and that was uh, when I just sort of uh, set up uh, Startup Adelaide Incorporated, which was the not-for-profit for startups here in South Australia. Um, and Startup Communities by Brad Feld was really kind of like my my guide for, you know, how to kind of put this all together. Um, and then, you know, every other book that he's put out of, obviously, you know, Consumed and has been really useful in terms of, um, you know, me and my business and that sort of thing.
1: Obviously startup is a passion yep. of yours. Yeah. And you started your own business. Yep. So perhaps just give us a little bit of insight around your business mm-hmm. and the startup process that you've gone through there.
0: Okay. So uh, I started, I suppose, not my first business, but my first legitimate <laughs> business, let's say uh, <laughs> about six years ago, it was just an accounting firm called Cyrillo Hooper and Company. Um, the reason I started that was because I always wanted to go into business. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't do accounting because I wanted to become a career accountant by any measure. I did accounting because it's the language of business. And it was super important for me to get a grasp of in terms of my you know entrepreneurial skill set uh, And I suppose I started getting bored by around 22, 23 of like just accounting life. Um, And I'm like, I want to go back into business. Now, I spent probably a year procrastinating on it, waiting for like the next, you know, Apple or Google type idea to kind of like land on my head. (laughs) Um, And that obviously didn't eventuate. And I kind of got bored. And I just said to myself, it's like, you know what, just go into any business. Um, And I think I just went, well, what can I do? What can I make the most money in? Where are the most opportunities? And I said, you know what, I'll just start an accounting firm. And you know, at least be in business while I'm figuring the rest out. Um, And it was after four years in that business that kind of the, you know, that big business idea did hit me on the head. And that was a codex, which we started two years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, basically sold Cirillo Hooper and Company, built up a codex um, and have been running with that ever since.
1: Yeah, and so a codex, and you've built it up and you've built it internationally. Yeah, Yeah. so where are you now? Uh,
0: So we're in four different kinds countries, so Australia, the Philippines, the United States, and the United Kingdom, Mm -hmm. Um, and we're in a few different sort of cities and states, you know, across those four countries as well. Yeah.
1: And obviously from here, head office? Yeah. So
0: headquartered in Adelaide um, still, and that's the intention sort of forever, um, so long as I can, uh, you know, I'm in charge and, uh, you know, we can manage it. Um, But yeah, you know what, so far so good that it's about 40 or 50 people now, you know, across four different countries, and we seem to be doing just fine, you know, managing headquarters from Adelaide.
1: And you've always had a slightly different approach to accounting, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I met you first, met you in Majoran yep. and like I think my first thought was. I'm not sure if he's an accountant or a hip hop artist like what's you know what's going on and then but you definitely speak different language than other accountants that I've you know spoken with and and that sort of thing you know is that something that you think helped you with that being able to see this different business model for accounting
0: yeah I think so I think it comes back to being an entrepreneur first and an accountant second Um, but obviously being an accountant by trade I understood the the movements sort of in the market and the the global competitive landscape and where the opportunities were, you know, Um, in the early days at Cirilla Hooper and Company, we'd gotten quite lucky in terms of picking market winners in terms of software. Um, And that garnered us a lot of competitive advantage early on in the business. And I sort of thought to myself, it's like, well, if I can actually predict the future of the accounting industry, um, you know, in a repeatable fashion, then there's going to be some some big upside associated with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously I knew that my peers were gonna go, well, says what, says yeah. who, what do you have to support that? Um, and that's why I kind of took that approach straight from the get go, um, yeah. from, a, from a data perspective. And it says, you know, computer says that this is the future of the profession.
1: You yeah. Know? Yeah, well, that's harder to argue with.
0: Correct, right.
1: So, you know, what you're talking about, running business and then creating a new business model, Mm -hmm. that's really hard work, you know, and it's quite risky and challenging what is it for you that motivates you to just keep doing it, you know, and rather than just stay in the the lifestyle type accounting firm?
0: Um, I think it was because before I'd quit my job, I had accumulated enough uh, in superannuation um, to kind of know that I was going to be fine come retirement. Right. And I use the analogy, like it's having a, you know, a lotto ticket, you know, a winning lotto ticket, but it's like forward dated. So you kind of can't cash it for 40 years. Yeah. And then, you know, but it, the, the outcome is guaranteed. So then it's a question of, well, what do you want to do for those 40 years? You yeah.
1: Know? But you've chosen quite a challenging one, you know, like, cause it's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> so what keeps you doing that? Like you could have an easier option, mm. but why is it that you go, well, I'm going to, I'm going to run, you know, build a, a new business model um, and take it internationally. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah. yeah right? Um, Because I do say that I wouldn't, you know, you know, recommend this lifestyle to anyone on the face (laughs) of the planet. I don't look at money as a means of buying things or a means of status. I I kind of regard it as a a way of keeping score, you know, as if it's a video game. And, you know, (laughs) then it's like, well, obviously you want to try and get the winning score or or at least a top score, right? Um, So, outside of doing it for the lols, because if it was just for for fun, I'd be in any other business, but I think I'm specifically anchored in accounting now for the rest of my life. Um, simply because I understand the importance of it and I want to leave a lasting legacy in the profession.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. And so around this, you know, you, as you said, you've got accountants who, yep. you know, they, they're feeling uninspired as yep. well. So, that, you know, I suppose that means they're open to a new business model. Yep. Yep. Um, and you've built this new business model. But how have you gone about building the community around it and really communicating that? Because it's something that's different and new. So that's yep. always yeah, that's, challenging in itself.
0: I knew no one really in the American American accounting uh, industry except like one or two people yeah. so I emailed mm-hmm. those people and I said who are the most influential people in the accounting profession in North America you know yeah. and it's a pretty easy you know uh, question to answer and they all emailed me back with a sort of top five list yeah. um, then I obviously like looked them up on LinkedIn on Twitter on that sort of stuff and then started reaching out to those people um, and just connecting with them on social media and then chatting with them on Skype or whatnot um, and then obviously you know visiting America for that very first time connecting with those people, but then when I'm there, you know, going, you know, I'd tell my story, and then I'd ask, I'd or I'd wrap with the question: Is there anyone else you think I should be talking to? You yeah. know, and provided you've made a good impression, you, you usually get like a, you know, a whole raft of, you know, introductions to other people in that area that um, that you should connect with. Yeah. Um, and then I think you know more and more that kind of compounds over time, um, and yeah, I suppose it just becomes this, you know, movement. I suppose. Yeah. yeah.
1: Now you mentioned there, and I think you've done it a couple of times, Twitter and LinkedIn. Yeah. So for you, are they the platforms? Is that where your conversations Absolutely, are? Absolutely.
0: Yeah. yeah. So like Facebook, I do look at sort of from a personal perspective, it's kind of like a public diary type thing. Yeah. Um, I, th- I use it there, like Facebook from a timeline perspective to sort of anchor specific career milestones yeah. and stuff that I want Facebook to remind me of this time three years ago <laughs> and, yeah. and that sort of thing. So it's kind of like a public diary in that respect um instagram i still just don't get you know um i'm honestly i'm contemplating like just shuttering that yeah um, i have nothing good to photograph yeah. um and it's a
1: very visual platform and i know we did talk about visual storytelling yep. in your numbers but yep. i don't know how many yeah. graphs are gonna work on yeah exactly <laughs> Instagram.
0: Um, and yeah i suppose linkedin is uh is much more professional. I won't post on there as frequently as I do, but I do use it as my main blogging platform. Um, And I will do some like, you know, very business um, accounting centric, you know, status updates. But Twitter is really my main go-to. And I think the the content is mixed 50% with me, you know, posting like as in just tweeting and then 50% is actually like engagement, replying, you know, interaction type stuff. I remember someone once told me that Twitter is the world's biggest cocktail party and I've kind of taken that philosophy.
1: So for accounting, you know, and also obviously you work in that startup entrepreneurial business sort of space, you're finding that that's really those two platforms.
0: Uh, Yeah, so I think, uh the thing with accounting is that everyone's on linkedin yeah in the accounting profession like you're going to be 99 percent certain that every accountant is on linkedin right they may not be checking it every single day but they at least have a profile there yeah um but i think the engagement on linkedin is getting like higher and higher especially with the updates to their mobile app yeah um and i think the people in terms of like accountants that are on Twitter, it's really the people that are influencing the accounting market that are on Twitter. Yeah. Um, so not every accountant is going to be on Twitter um, because if you are just like a, a CPA, um, you know, that's 30 and practicing at a big, big firm, you don't necessarily have an imperative to be on Twitter, right? Yeah. Um, but obviously if you're a speaker in the, you know, uh, in the accounting arena, if you're an author, if you're a blogger, if you're, a, you know, whatever other type of influencer you could be, yeah. um, all of those people are on Twitter. And I I talk with them every single day now yeah there's no way that i on my own as an island can actually affect change in the accounting profession or in the the adelaide startup community but i think through uh, you know, a community of like-minded peers that have similar interests and motivations and aspirations, yep. that's when you can actually start distributing like big, powerful ideas through that network.
1: Yeah, and so, you know, what has been the biggest challenge in this process? Uh, can uh, you pick one? Pick one. <laughs> I love the uh, way you laugh uh, yeah, there. Right. I'm like, okay, so there's a few. Yeah, of course. <laughs>
0: um, I think in terms of building the business, it's probably all the usual kind of startup um, stuff that you go through. I think if I were to summarize it, there'd be two things in terms of building the business. The first one is kind of this stop start um, momentum that you get um, in in a startup company. And I think that's very much uh, noticeable, especially in Australian startups, where you push forward, you make a, a little bit of revenue, make a little bit of money, um, and then you have to pump the brakes and then you have to build some infrastructure and some capacity, maybe hire some people and that sort of thing. Um, and then you'll go, oops, I've spent too much money building infrastructure and capacity. Yep. Now I've got to go make some more money, yeah? And then you'll, go, you'll grow too quickly and then you'll have to build some capacity. So like the revenue <laughs> growth chart kind of looks like this, yep. right, with steps. Um, and that gets very tiring after sort of six years in business, yeah. because for me, all I want to do is just go a million miles an hour without sort of touching the brakes. Um, and that's very t- difficult to do when you're actually trying to bootstrap and you're ca- you know constrained by capital. Um, and I think the other thing in terms of um, I suppose challenges is about the the managing the emotions in business. I think you know if you looked at, you know, my emotions as an oscillator, right? Uh, and then you've got the highs where like this is this is great and then you've got the lows, this is awful. Um, in the <laughs> earlier stages of business, it's kind of a, you know, it's a wavy curve, but like, you know, sometimes you, the best thing will happen to you and then three months later, the worst thing will happen to you. Um, and then you'll get another career defining moment three months later. And then as you get further and further into business in terms of time, but then also the size of the business, what I've noticed, and you know, other entrepreneurs have confirmed this as well, is that the highs get higher and the lows get lower, yeah. but then also the time or the frequency gets condensed, right? <laughs> so you go from like this three month high-low cycle to like, you know, a, a, a one month to a one week <laughs> to a one day to, you know, these days I feel like every day is, you know, the, you know, the biggest, best thing that's ever happened in my entire career and also the biggest, worst thing that's ever happened in my career every single day. And I think trying to actually manage that um, yeah. and not kind of let it get to you and not get distracted, um, that takes a fairly high degree of resiliency I think Um, and I'm not sure if that can be taught or whether it's you know just in someone's DNA or condition from childhood Um, but that's why I wouldn't recommend this life to you know my worst enemy (laughs) is because you know I think without that resilience it, it gets very difficult to actually manage
1: yeah, I find that so fascinating though. You wouldn't recommend it, but I don't know. Would you do anything different? Well, this is the
0: thing for me, the only reason I'm doing this is because it's kind of like genetically programmed, you know. Um, yeah. I joke that I'm unemployable, more or less, Yeah. that I don't think I could be doing anything other than this. And I, yeah. I it's probably like some sort of mental health disorder, right, <laughs> where I have this compulsion to kind of like abuse myself, you know, with respect <laughs> to sleep and, you know, emotions and that sort of thing. But yeah. like, as much as I hated it, at times, like I wouldn't be doing anything else.
1: Okay, well thank you so much for your time. Um, But I've got one last question. I'd like for you to leave us with Chris's be the drop tip. So that's your top communication tip.
0: Uh, My top communication tip, I think probably comes back to LinkedIn, surprisingly. Uh, I got asked once at a, a lecture I gave at Flinders University, Chris, you know, this lecture has been great but what's? how do you distill all of your career advice into to one sentence um, and that sentence was to build the most epic LinkedIn profile that you possibly can right. um, because I think in pursuit of building an epic LinkedIn profile, you actually have a, an epic career, you know, as a, as a byproduct of that. So I remember quite specifically like honours and awards, you know, I was looking at that section and it's like, oh, I don't really have any. Um, maybe I should go find some and yeah. then I started searching for <laughs> awards in the accounting profession and there was a whole raft of them and I'm like okay what do I need to do to actually you know position myself to win those awards yeah. um, and I think that's what I meant in terms of you have an epic career yeah. because if you start looking at the blank spots on your LinkedIn um, then I think you start chasing things that are ultimately good for your career and good for your business
1: yeah well that's great advice thanks thanks well thanks so much Chris it's been a pleasure
0: awesome thanks for having me
1: Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. It is our mission to help unlock the power of story through this podcast and the range of products and services that we offer. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To get in touch with any specific comments, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. Until next time.